Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. With another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there. This is all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com and at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and support those great Laker-centric places right there for you on the internet at LakersBall.com and, of course, Lakerholics.com. Our good friends now at the Upside Swings podcast, go ahead and give them a like, a follow. Go ahead and do whatever you can to check them out wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, speaking of podcasts, our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, and of course, my good friend, Mr. Joe Sorrell, the controversial one indeed. Go ahead, if, you, if you're in the Southern California area and you want your lawn transformed, go ahead and do so today at Sinblades with a Y, Sinblades.com. Well, I will tell you, still a lot of great stuff in the NBA going on. It's Gerald Glassford once again. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Hopefully the world's greatest Lakers chat room will go ahead and start going and send those uh, messages of peace, love, and NBA news, everything that's going on right there for you, right there in the chat room. Hopefully we can get that started here in a sec, but a lot of stuff still going on with the Lakers going into tomorrow night's game, one and five, or if you're listening to it, it will be the same day on Wednesday night's game. will be coming up here soon, but going in at one and five, Rough start to the season so far, but they are coming off a victory against the Nuggets. Here today to talk about that, the coaching change, which we talked about yesterday as far as the Brooklyn Nets being on the downswing, the final blow has been as far as thrown for Steve Nash, and look who's going to be replacing him, none other than Ime Odoka, which has, uh, I guess, garnered a lot of controversy from what I've seen in the notes and the messages and things of that nature. So I'll be talking about that, and hopefully he will as well. Plus, as our draft aficionado, yes, the confrontational one, Joe, it is you, Ox1947. <laughs> it is indeed. I guess the, you're the controversial one, not the contra- confrontational one. Got a little different on that book. But you, you've been known to confront people from time to time. But I will say right now that there's still a lot going on in the NBA. Again, like I said, a coaching change has already been taking place in Brooklyn. Plus, as well, I wanted to go ahead and talk about the Thompson Twins. No, not the 80s rock group. Something much different. But it is uh, two guys, twins, that are actually going to be very highly ranked after what was going on with their workout day that happened recently for with Overtime Elite. Want to go ahead and get the uh, 4-on-1 on that. 
And who better to talk about that than the good man indeed? You got to go ahead and check him out on the Upside Swings podcast. It is Stone Hansen. Stone, great to have you here. Appreciate everything that you've done for us in the past and looking forward to a great conversation as a fellows Lakers fan right here on today's program. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Um, I lost count of how many times this is now, but uh, probably got to be close to like 10 now. Um, yep. Always a blast to be on and can't wait to event about the Lakers. <laughs> Absolutely, indeed. And yes, we're going to get the, everything started here in the chat room as well. Nothing says, you know, <laughs> Joe's already started on the email Udoka thing. And I know when we have our post game tomorrow night, Joe will have plenty to say about that. Joe, I will make sure I give you a ton of time to go ahead and talk about that as much as you want. And I know that we're going to touch on it today as well, because I know it's something that a lot of people on social media have either asked me or talked about in regards to the back and forth on Ime Udoka being hired by the Brooklyn Nets. But first off, my friend, it is the Lakers, because I know that we had an NBA-centric show yesterday, and we were criticized for not touching on the Lakers until about an hour and a half in. That's why it's an NBA-centric show that we do once a week. So I'm going to start off first, since it's back to the Lakers primarily. Back to you, my friend. Again, one and five to start the season, struggling with their offense. Defense has been top 10 so far, which is a plus. The offense has been at or near the bottom on every statistical category so far. The three-point shooting until Sunday's game was an absolutely atrocious and almost record-setting as far as how bad it was. Your thoughts on the season so far, and can they take Sunday's win is maybe a foundational thing going forward to a lot more positive things. Um, yeah, I've uh, not been super pleased with, you know, obviously the start of the season. And I think a lot of people could have foreseen this coming, having just viewed their, their off season and um, the changes they made, but not much of them changing in regards to the skill set that are coming in. Um, a lot of guys still can't shoot. Uh, they might be younger, but they don't really fit around our two pillars. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was great for a win. Westbrook's been playing a lot better these past two games coming off the bench than he has the first um, five or so games uh, when he started. And uh, that said, I, I think you still have to really be looking to move Westbrook um and hopefully that the thing to build on from that from that win is that maybe Westbrook is actually some sort of value to whatever team trades for him and not just an automatic buyout uh but I think in order for this team to really go further in the playoffs and in maybe even have a shot to go you know deep in the playoffs they have to move Westbrook and, and open up that financial flexibility um, in order to be able to build around uh, the skill sets of LeBron and Anthony Davis. So you still see the team as a playoff team in its current structure or even close to a playoff team, but with the right trade, I know that uh, on the Adrian Wojnarowski pod that Miles Turner was basically begging for him <laughs> to be traded to the Los Angeles Lakers which was, again, I'm kind of curious the fact that he currently plays for the Indiana Pacers, and usually you don't hear that kind of blunt talk, at least out in the open like like it was. But your thoughts on this, my friend? I mean, where do the Lakers stand? You, you don't think that the current uh, roster makeup is going to go ahead and get the Lakers in a position where they can at least sneak into a playing spot and go from there? 
I think that's where this roster currently is. I think we're probably battling for a ninth or tenth seed to get into that playoff seed uh, uh-huh. seeding um, as, as currently constructed. But I think ultimately that that Pacers, the rumored Pacers deal, is I think probably the best option that there currently is, and and gives the Lakers the best chance to to go deeper into the playoffs. Um, if that's still available or on the table, I'm I'm given both picks to to go for it. Um, I've always sort of been of the, the mindset that if you have an opportunity or any sort of window to really go for a championship, you just need to go all in and, and put all your, your chips in and uh, hope for the best. And I think Miles Turner and, and Buddy Hield are sort of the, the best available assets to help us do that. So that's sort of where I would turn. Um, you heard, obviously, Miles Turner. Not many guys blatantly ask basically for a trade uh, out in the public. Um uh, to a specific team and uh, Miles certainly pretty much came as close as he can to doing that on, on the Woj pod. Um, I think healed is a tremendous fit. Um, one of the best, you know, shooters in our league uh, and being able to have him on this team obviously helps a, a massive amount. Uh, so that's where I'd be looking if I am Rob Palinka in the front office. Uh, and I think that that's, that's the move they need to do. Um, prolonging it is just doesn't really make sense for anybody so if they do get healed and turn her in a trade because as an individual who loves the draft and follows it as closely as you do i've always thought in fact i know we touched on this before a brief and, and you're kind of not as affirmative on and defined on it as, as you are now i know that uh losing those two picks was kind of for me a little bit uh interesting as far as you saying that because again you are such a draft aficionado but you see them getting turner and healed if they do hello richard hopefully all as well with is is well with you as well appreciate you coming joining our chat and watching what we're doing here at the lakers fast break but stone let me ask you this so you think you see the the pendulum and the in the meter going up really high if the lakers get turner healed you see them as a strong contender once they make that trade I'm not sure I'd quite put them in at contender level with, you know, like the Bucks uh, or teams like that. Um, but I think that the West is a lot more open than I think a lot of people sort of realize. Uh, the Clippers are perpetually hurt. Um, I think that the Nuggets are, I mean, they're a really good team. Can they go deep in the playoffs? That's sort of yet to be seen. Um, the Mavericks are there but everything is so heliocentric and reliant upon Luca. I think there's an opening for a team to possibly, you know, make it out of the West and, and surprise some people. Uh and I think with Heald and Turner they have as good a chance as anybody. Um whether they can, you know, finish that off in the finals is maybe a different story. But uh, I do see the West as pretty open and uh, I think that Heald and Turner give the Lakers the best opportunity to come out of the West as as an A trade. You're not at all concerned about the fact that a he's very up and down as far as a player because remember look at his his points per game career wise it's not what's that 13 i think 12 or 13 points a game you know you saw the great performance when he came back from the injury and then last night after the Woj pod he gave you a sparkling seven right there in the starting lineup which is not all that great but the fact that he got injured again to start off the season yeah, I mean, he he mirrors in so many ways as far as the fragility 
that Anthony Davis has been accused of so much. In fact, you know, being called street clothes and things of that nature. So Miles Turner, getting Miles Turner would probably make a lot of people like me very uneasy as well. Yeah, I think. Um, Got to watch out for those ball boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ball boys apparently are the the biggest danger for Miles Turner. But um, uh, having a healthy Davis in Turner is not really what you want to pin your your hopes and dream it um, uh, when both of those guys are pretty injury prone. Uh, when healthy, they're you know awesome defensive players. I think both are are probably in consideration for all defensive guys. Um, especially Davis and uh, but uh, health is a big factor. I just don't really see another trade that outdoes that potential of that, that starting lineup. Um, obviously there's other rumored deals with uh, the jazz and the Spurs um, as well. And I don't know if you want to touch on those, but I just, sure. I don't see the same level of uh, upside with those, with either of those trades um, that this Pacers thing affords you. Uh Again, it, it, there's a lot of ifs and ands to go with it. A lot of dominoes have to fall your way if you're the Lakers. Things have to break your way to be able to get as far as you can, uh, especially with injuries. Uh, I'm not denying the fact that, that Turner is injury-prone by any means, but um, I think that a fully healthy lineup just affords you the best chance possible. And if you're the Lakers and you have an aging LeBron and, um, and Anthony Davis, he's playing great and seems to be appeared – uh, not super uh, healthy at this point. He's always grabbing his back every other play. Say, if you, you and Blue Magic caught the same thing right there. <laughs> if you uh, if you can get Turner, even I mean, that's the other thing. Him and wouldn't Turner it be so of, funny though if we get him and they're both grabbing their back at the same time? Yeah, but it would not be ideal for sure. But um, maybe that affords you know one of them to play a few games and the other one to take a couple games off. They could sort of on switch off and on throughout the regular season i don't you probably don't need both of them um every single game so uh, there's more flexibility with it um and buddy healed is just an awesome shooter that's honestly if i'm the lakers i'm probably more excited to get buddy healed than am miles turner even though i think miles turner is a better player well i think now Um, that we see the season the way it's played out right now with the the atrocious shooting the fact that yeah. we're in the top 10 in defense, I mm-hmm. guess, like you said, with Miles Turner, that's getting him you know, a great to fill up a, a position of need. But Buddy Heald, if he can continue to shoot like that, although Joe in the chat has always said, once you become a Laker, you got to go ahead and decrease your your percentage by three to five points simply because you're <laughs> a Laker. But yeah. I, I will say that he's been shooting very well. His defense would not be as much of a concern because of the fact that the Lakers are playing good team defense right now. Yeah, they're still, uh, last time I checked at least, they're still like a top three defensive team. That that end of the ball has not really been much of a concern for them. And adding uh, Miles Turner, even if he plays 50 games, is only going to bolster that number for you. Buddy Hill's been really excellent in Indiana on, on both ends of the ball, honestly. And he's never been much of a defender, but he's really played very hard for the Pacers. And with the other guards there, you have, like you mentioned, um, the, the rest of the defense surrounding him with Pat Beverly too. Uh, it's less of a concern for me. So the Pacers are sort of the deal I'm, I'm definitely looking at if I'm if I'm Rob Palinka in the Lakers front office, even though those other deals are that the rumors are still swirling. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But once again, it is Stone Hansen. You got to go and check out what he's doing today at the Upside Swings podcast. So let's say the Lakers who have had that Indiana deal on the table for, I don't know, just seemingly all summer and now into the fall, all these months still are not interested in going ahead and taking it. Is there another direction you feel that the Lakers can take? Because on last night's show, I did talk with Joe and Sean Grice about possibilities of some teams that are not performing well out of the gate that are kind of struggling, like Miami, like Philadelphia, like, uh, let's say, Brooklyn, uh, with some players on their teams that could possibly help the Lakers might be actually interested in possibly some fire sales going forward. Yeah, I think for for any of those moves, um, you probably have to wait until January because a lot of these new signings um, yes. have that, that moratorium period. Um, and none of those teams are probably interested in, in Westbrook playing for them at this point. Um, so I think you're, you're probably waiting till January for more things to open up. But, um, you know, th- there's definitely rough starts happening with the Nets. That, that's a team with a lot of players that could potentially help the Lakers if they were to do a fire sell before the deadline um, that I'd be looking at. Uh, certainly, you know, the 76ers have a couple of guys. So there's teams that have really bad issues to begin this season. Um, the Wolves, too, are another team that seem to have sort of a weird mojo going on. So uh, different teams definitely to track if you're the Lakers and, and see how things progress for them and uh, what other bench players um, or rotational players are out there for them. But um, at this point in time, you, you probably have to wait until January to see what opens up and things could change by then. Uh, and if you're the Lakers, I don't think you want to wait that long to make a move. I think by that point in time, your, your season's probably determined if you're the Lakers on, on what's being capped for you and where you are in the standings. Um, so I think I, I you, we keep hearing this like 25-game analysis Palinka wants to wait until we get that far to, to see how we are looking. 
the longer you wait, I think that just the more pressure you put on the rest of the team to keep winning games. I think you want to just put yourself in position to win as many games as possible and, and moving Westbrook. Um, I'm not trying to harp on Westbrook. I know people, people don't want to pile on him, but um, in order to, to progress, they have to move that contract in. Um, I think the sooner you do it, the better if you're the Lakers. Absolutely. Well, they do have some minor trade assets in both Nunn and Walker the fourth at around six and a half million because they both got the MLE in successive years. And then you have, of course, Patrick Beverly, who has also struggled out of the gate offensively. Defensively, he's provided a very much needed punch to the backcourt defense, but his offense has been very suspect because even his shooting, which was at a career low last season, looks like it's gotten even worse. So that's actually very, very troubling for someone who's getting older, because usually as you get older, as you and I have talked about this before, the better your shot is supposed to be getting as your athleticism goes down, as your ability to go ahead and, and be able to guard people out of the perimeter goes down, at least your shot is supposed to get better as you get older. And that does not seem to be the case for Patrick Beverly. Yeah. And um, that, that's going to continue to be a thing for them throughout the season. We're not as old as we were last year. Uh, but the other thing with this team is we're, not as we're not very deep either like there's definitely we're starting troy brown um <laughs> during games and i was a massive troy brown fan coming out of oregon obviously did not live up to my expectations no and probably shouldn't be starting for any nba team even though he might be an okay bench player in in certain contexts but um this is not a very deep lakers team so uh you know if anthony davis goes out for an extended period of time damian jones is not a very good nba player uh, Thomas Bryant, uh, when healthy, um, which he rarely is, is very suspect defensively. So there's a lot of holes to fill um, with this team in a lot of aspects if any injury happens. So uh, the other thing is I, I understand, you know, why people want to do like a Jazz or Spurs trade, maybe get three pieces instead of two. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of things wrong with this roster, <laughs> just more than just the shooting. Well, um, I think I mentioned it to you uh, last time you were on the show. Plus, I've mentioned it several times since that the Lakers 3 through 15 might have the worst depth than any oh, yeah. other team in the I, NBA. I think it's close between them. And I would have normally said San Antonio, but they're 5 and 2. <laughs> I would have said I Utah, like but they're guys. 6 and 2. So. Yeah. They, uh, both those teams have a lot of guys, and it's just sort of do it by committee, and they want to play hard for each other. This team is, is apart from just not fitting well, they just don't have a lot of good players, for lack of a better term. There's not a lot of depth on this team. Um, and if Monty Walker is not shooting it well, then you're just leaving it down to LeBron and Anthony Davis to carry the scoring load most of the time, uh, unless Westbrook shoots like he did last game against the Nuggets. So there's um, not, a reliable, not a lot of reliability with this team and um, not a lot of depth either. So, uh, I, I think the hope that the big thing that Palinka seems to want to do is have open cap space going into next summer. And I think that's also playing a part in terms of why he's hesitant to make a Westbrook deal, because a lot of these trades have um, longer term money coming back to us. And he wants more of that flexibility for the summer, but um, I'm not sure he's going to really want to come to this team if we don't have any other pieces in place. So 
there's a lot of things to consider for the Lakers, and uh, this is a big mess of a puzzle that they're going to have to start putting the pieces together because right now there's there's too many components missing. There are too many components missing indeed, but once again, it's Stone Hansen from the Upside Swings podcast. Please go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the Upside Swings podcast. If you need your fix on the NBA, especially NBA draft, you know our good friend as well. Mr. Rafael Barlow does his thing. Michael Weisenberg always does his thing. But Stone Hansen is just as good. So you got to go ahead and check him out today at the Upside Swings podcast with the whole crew there. I've been on that show before. They've actually allowed me on that show before, which I thought was in, in itself was, you know, in, quite incredible. But okay, you can let me on there. You let me go ahead and speak. And I had a great time. This is the Upside Swings podcast. Go ahead and check it out today where you get your podcast. But final thoughts on the Lakers before we get to the NBA news and the Thompson twins. The thing is with the Lakers, I just see them right now needing more, much more than healed and Turner. I really think that, you know, I know the adage, okay, just get LeBron in the playoffs and everything will be okay. Because we saw a hint of that in 2021 when they were, you know, the eighth seed and leading the Phoenix Suns. I'm not sure that lightning can strike twice. I think that, again, the lack of depth on this team requires more than just one move to get it done. Oh, yeah. And if I'm being honest, uh, I don't see the consecutive moves in place to really uh, get us there. (laughs) Um, And I'm not even if there are even if there are those moves available, I'm not confident in this front offer front office in making the correct decision. So um, there's a lot of dominoes I have to follow Lakers way, I think, in order to to get back to that that 2020 magic that we had. Um, and hopefully things turn around by next year. But I don't uh, I don't see a whole lot changing for us. Even if we do make a big move, it definitely increases our chances. But just so many things have to fall our way. Blue Magic, Joe Soro, Richard, you've all been great in the chat so far. I will say that, again, when it comes to making a trade, there is no perfect trade for the Lakers. I know that, you know, I sound sometimes spoiled Lakers fan when I go into that. It's like, well, you know, he has issues and this guy has issues and that guy has issues. I know the Charlotte trade that you brought up, Richard, as far as in the chat room. Uh, those guys aren't perfect either. You know, Hayward has never looked the same 100% consistently since he injured his foot in such a horrific fashion. Rozier gets hurt every now and then, but he's also been a player that has been replaced on more than one occasion as a starting lead guard after he was moved over, after he moved himself over from Boston. So I'm, I don't know. I just, I just think, and plus the fact that if you go and make a Charlotte trade, for P.J. Washington, who has played well this season. I will give you guys that. He has played well this season. Also as well for Gordon and Rozier. Uh, That one's just so hard for me to go ahead and say yes to because you commit to so much more money on the back end of those deals and you're expecting that same kind of productivity next year and the year beyond. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, all three of those players would help us. but you are committing to long-term money and you have to be pretty confident that that team is the team that you're going to want moving forward. Um, I, that's tough. I, I, I would have to think on that. I actually like that deal, but uh, I don't know how much the Hornets would honestly, um, I, as much as it would probably make sense for them to collect the picks that they can. I don't know if they see themselves as a tanking team. Um, I feel like they are 
trying to continue to progress as a team and as crazy as it sounds win as many games as they can I mean, well they're three and four their... right now as we speak yeah and that's without Lamelo or rosier surprisingly because because dennis smith jr has been the the renaissance for them but um yeah I, I i don't know if they see themselves as the tanking team that they probably should be um even though that deal makes some sense for the Lakers. Your guy, Mitch Kupchak, at it again. Where's Timothy Moskov? Or excuse me, where's Timothy Moskov when you need him? So there you go. Uh, that, you know, of course, we're finally getting off all those contracts. We finally got off all the Luau Dangs and all the Timothy Moskov's contracts. Finally got that in the past. But you know what? Dealing with Mitch Kupchak again, who knows? Who knows? But, uh, you know, that's just the thing. There's no perfect trade for the Lakers. There's no 100% track history of health, of a good favorable contract that we're going to be able to get in replacement for whatever you want to go ahead and trade for Russell Westbrook's salary and one or two picks. I just don't think there's a perfect trade there. There's always going to be some caveat. Like uh, Laker Tom and, and you have said that I guess the best trade out there still is the Buddy Heald, Miles Turner trade. When it's just that the thing is, for me, how much farther do you move the needle upwards when it concerns this trade for the Lakers as a contender that you're sacrificing the future beyond AD and LeBron? I mean, that's a tough question. I think, like I've said, I'm, I, I try to just – view it from the perspective of you have LeBron and AD um, and you just have to try and win as, as much as you can with them. Um, really, ultimately, if I had my say in how the Lakers were ran, I would like to trade both AD and LeBron and stock up on picks. That's probably not a popular opinion, but um, I would I would start the rebuild now because uh, I don't see really a path out of this hole that they've dug themselves in. Um but even if they keep those picks, how confident are we in this front office that they're going to make the right ones, that they're going to make picks that set us up for the future um, or that will be bad enough by that time, you know, who's to say that we don't get a couple guys that help us win and we're in this mediocre spot that the Spurs have been in for five years and we continually get well, the right now we're not pick. in a mediocre spot. Yeah. But uh, things, a lot of things can change. I just, it's difficult for me to predict the future that far out and I'd, I'd just try and win as much as I can, but that's just me. Um, but like I said, ultimately I'd, I'd restart the build. I'd start the rebuild now. Well, Joe has said it best that the next four, next three games, it's the Lakers homestand. They're playing teams that they can win out and they can beat and can come out of this by next Sunday with a four and five record. If that's the case, it looks more palpable. It looks more attractive. It looks more like the fact that the Lakers are competitive. Do you see it going that way or do you see something different? Because if it is different, then I think the Lakers need to start readjusting if they come out of it like one and eight or one and two and seven. I think they do need to reevaluate exactly where, where they are as at, uh, where they're at as a team. Yeah. Uh, it. I think ultimately it does depend on how Westbrook plays off the bench. Um, we've seen the past two games. It's worked well for them. I don't have a lot of faith that Westbrook's going to continue this level of play for uh, sustain it for the whole season. Um, 
and ultimately as bad as this sounds i've been sort of rooting for the lakers to lose so it puts more pressure on a, a move to be made um with each loss there's a lot more public heat that comes on the front office to make mm-hmm. something happen they um, almost ask you to go ahead for the george Mikan <laughs> presentation yeah yes yeah. rob and, and genie would not do it yeah i know that's it's wild that he just got his jersey retired that's a whole nother thing you and i yeah but, believe me, i agree with you um yeah they, I, I think that they have to do something like I, I don't i just don't see how you can move forward with this team for a whole season um and if they do come out like one and eight how how you were saying uh, i think you have to as crazy as it may sound start looking at darvin ham and you know how much is he is he really the best option for the lakers so far I've not been very happy with what I've seen out of, you know, how he plays guys, um, certain rotations where he pulls guys from sort of the offense that he has. Uh, I think it may the have. Half-court offense has been abysmal. I think there's a reason it took him 15 years to get a head coaching job. Um, and it, it may be time to, uh, the Lakers won't do this, but um, I think there's might be better options out there. Um well, the I'll thing is, though, they could that. mirror, you know, what happened last year with New Orleans, where Willie Green got off to a terrible one and twelve start. He was on the hot seat, and obviously, we know what happened there. They had a great turnaround and actually competed very well in the first round of the playoffs against the Phoenix Suns. Do you see that happening for the Lakers at all? Not right now. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive, my friend. I I wish I could be. Um... I don't, I don't really see that right now. I think we're worse off than we were last year. And last year we had a lot of old guys. So, but at least they sort of fit. I, I think that right now you just have to, you know, sort of wait and see what happens with this little stretch. If you can make some moves and then maybe you, there's some things that happen that cut your way for the buyout market. Um, you got to pick up a couple guys there. That's what we say every year. Um, you know, maybe this year is, is the year we get someone pretty valuable from the buyout market. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, right now, as currently constructed, I think we're we're probably competing for a ninth or tenth seed play in spot. Hmm, that's not very good at all. Although, even though that's what I predicted for the team, unfortunately, at this point in time, in its current state of affairs, as far as the roster is concerned. But we'll see what happens coming out of this homestand. But once again, it's Stone Hansen. You got to go ahead and check him out today at the Upside Swings podcast. The guys there really go ahead and break down the NBA and, of course, everything upcoming for the NBA draft. So please go ahead and check it out today, the Upside Swings podcast. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is the continuing situation going on in a team in as much turmoil as the Lakers, and that is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, I did talk about it on our NBA observation show, a team that started out 2-5. and They won last night. They had the real issues as far as uh, overall defense was abysmal. They were ranked number 30, just as abysmal as the Lakers were on offense. Obviously, the the controversy with Kyrie Irving, which both Joe, myself, and Sean on last night's show went almost an hour on exclusively on that topic. In fact, that enraged some of our <laughs> Lakers fans. Of why weren't we talking about Lakers and more of this what stuff that's going on as far as uh, thoughts and opinions on the Kyrie saga. But it was something that we need to go ahead and get off our chest and allow us to go ahead and express our thoughts on that. But your thoughts on what's going on there, Kevin Durant, looking like somebody that was kind of maybe seeing the future anyways, because he wanted the GM and the coach gone. And 
Well, today he got his wish as Steve Nash parted ways with the Brooklyn Nets. So funny how they did that after a victory that he's, you know, out and about like that. So he is out. And wouldn't you know it, Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Sharania both reporting that who is coming on in? None other than the beleaguered co- former coach of the Boston Celtics, a guy who was actually suspended by the Celtics and still cashing a paycheck from them. None other than Ime Yudoka, who, again, had the allegations and all the troubles in regards to a relationship and a unauthorized relationship that he had while a coach of the Boston Celtics. Your thoughts on this, my friend, because it does come down to the point where they need more defense. They don't have the personnel to really do it. Ben Simmons was hopefully supposed to go ahead and be a Band-Aid to fix a lot of these defensive shortcomings, which most NBA prognosticators, including myself, saw. And unfortunately, that's not been the case. Ben Simmons has really been mediocre Ben Simmons at best, which is not what they needed to start out the season. Your thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets and their head coaching situation with Ime Udoka. I have some thoughts on it, and I'll go ahead. I know they've been asked to go ahead and share thoughts on it, but you let me know your thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets and their their, their interesting situation, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're probably happy for the Lakers. It's giving you a little bit of a shield for not being the, the complete meltdown of the NBA. Um, yeah. This is, uh, I mean, this is just been an abysmal start for the Nets I think uh, the first few games it was sort of all the focus was on the Lakers and um, how bad they've been shooting and it sort of gave the Nets a bit of a shield and then over last weekend obviously with the um, the, the post-game interviews and losing to a Pacers that didn't even have Miles Turner uh, when you have two top 10 scores probably in the league there's just a lot of bad things going on there um, I think you hired the most the coach involved in the most drama over the off season for the most drama filled team, not a good mix. Um, even not, not even getting into, you know, the thoughts on if he should be in the league or not. So there's, um, there's a lot of things going on at the Nets. They have to figure out. Uh, I'm not firing Steve Nash. Um, coaches are always the, the scapegoat for poor starts or poor performance. They're, they're the first in line to, to be gone. Well, I'm he not just sure never any, really panned out as a head coach. He was never I'm not sure any coach would have, honestly, with this team. I think yeah. there's there's too much animosity between the lock in within the locker room to to get anything to gel together. Um yeah. he, he had a lot of questionable moves during his time with the Nets, I think, uh, in terms of how he's gotten these guys to play. But I also think there's it's sort of a mix of both where this is just a bad locker room um, and you have to do something to, to change it. Uh, they obviously tried to work it out over the summer and, and make amends and, and say that, you know, we're going to try to put everything behind us and, and make this happen. Obviously that hasn't worked out because you just got your coach fired um, and Katie does not look like wants to be there any game. If you look at his body language, oh, I just fact- want a correction. They're two and six after they lost to the bulls tonight. Uh, at home <laughs> yeah that's that's a wild um katie looks like he hates being there he hates playing yes. even though he's putting up he had that LeBron look numbers. from last year yeah he, he's miserable um Kyrie is Kyrie's played amazing pretty much until tonight um but off court he's been equally as much of a disaster as good as he's played on the court 
if that makes sense. Um, and then Ben Simmons is probably the worst basketball he's played since he's made it to the NBA. Um, this is he, he's fouling out. He's fouled out like two or three games now. Um, defensively, does not look like the same guy. He has flashes of it, but he, he's not consistently the same guy defensively. Offensively, he's scared to go in the paint because he's so scared of shooting a free throw. Um, there's a lot of, I think, mental things going on with them still. Uh, and they're going to have, this is not the environment to iron those things out <laughs> when you have uh, everything else going on around them. So uh, I think there's going to have to be just a massive change uh, within the locker room and internally for this team to succeed. And it, 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 they're not going to go far as currently constructed, just like the Lakers um, for, for probably different reasons, more off court stuff than on court, but uh, ever since even Harden was there, they just did not seem like a team that liked playing with each other. Uh, and there seems to be more things going on than, than the public probably knows. I'll tell you what, I'm just so happy to have you here, my friend, talking about it. I will say, well, let me ask you this. With Ima Yudoka now coming on board, do you think things will change for the better? Do you think things will be more positive? I think on a defensive end, it can only get better because he obviously you saw what he helped create with Boston last year in their title, not their title run, winning the title, but their finals run per se. I think that he's definitely in terms of a coaching talent, a step up from, from Steve Nash. Um, again, I, I, uh, I haven't read too much into all the, the allegations and everything, but it doesn't seem like the smartest move is to bring in the most controversial coach probably in the league currently for the most controversial team. Um, that just the optics optics don't look great with that. Um, and he, uh, they, he might have better systems in place. He might be better technically as a coach. Uh, really, I think is going to come down to relationships and how he gels with the, the guys in the locker room. Um, but from the outside looking in, it just, it does not seem like a good match in that regard uh, in terms of gaining the respect of this locker room and um, getting them to play for each other and for him. Um, but you know, time, time will tell. Time will tell indeed. I will just say right now, because of fact it's been so divisive on Twitter, actually also behind the scenes here at the Lakers fast break, all the emails I've seen, the special notes, the things that has been sent to me on Twitter and also as well on Facebook in regards to this, they will want to hear our thoughts. I know they want to hear Joe's thoughts. He's already mentioned a little bit in the chat, but I will again give Joe Soro and anybody else who comes in on the post game tomorrow night plenty of opportunity to talk about this. The thing is, though, I think that Ime Udoka, I was not surprised that this is happening. I've mentioned this actually upon his not firing, but being fired because he was put on suspension. That I think he would find a job rather quickly because some team would get desperate and they didn't think that what he did was egregious enough. As far as that's concerned, he had a what a relationship, a consensual relationship with another employee, which is actually frowned upon by the 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 Boston Celtics organization in and of itself. No fraternization of that manner within the employees, as far as that, and plus the fact that he was actually seeing someone as well for a long time. That uh, you know they had a, I believe they've had a child together and whatnot. So yeah, that that's the optics aren't good. So let's just put it out there. The optics aren't good on that, but it's not something, I guess, that's egregious enough for the the Nets to say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and and 
you know, not look by this. We're going to go ahead and see if we can bring him in. We don't think this is a problem for, for us to go ahead and handle as an organization because he's already made this mistake. He's got that behind this uh, behind him. So I think though, when it comes to Ime Udoka, I think that issue in regards to it, I think with the nets, I know Joe had a particular issue paraphrasing what he said is that he had issues with the way the optics and how Joe Sai was so adamant against what Kyrie Irving had put out on Twitter. And the next day they go ahead and hire someone with, with such uh, a, a little bit of a tainted controversy himself. That's just coming off it. I'm not surprised at all. I didn't think what, what he did would be found egregious enough by the NBA and that one of the, he would be still a hot name in the league as far as a head coach is concerned and that he would get a job right away. So this does not surprise me in the very least. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't surprise me with how the net season has gone. Uh, it's just piling on the controversy. Um, but yeah, it, it's... It, I guess it's the wife of a Celtics executive, according to Blue Magic. I knew it was a Celtics employee. Yeah. I just didn't know... I there's, know she's work. I thought it was working in travel or you know helping set up the travel for the team and whatnot. So there's yeah. I think uh, I I don't I don't have I don't know. I I've read some things that uh, might be even more egregious than that, but I I don't have the full story, so I don't I don't feel comfortable commenting yeah. on everything uh, about that. Um, it's kind of a touchy subject, obviously. Oh yeah. So, to say the least. Yeah. I in don't more wanna, ways, this one figuratively and yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> uh yeah on multiple fronts um yes. so i'm not, I'm not going to get too into uh that but uh i think just um hiring someone with with that much controversy when you have a team that's surrounded in it um it's, it's not the best thing not for the PR best sakes. i think there's there's other coaches that could have done probably equally as good a job or been equally oh, a step up from Quinn snyder steve person. nash yeah, if I don't even know if Quinn Schneider would want to come out of retirement for this team, but um, I definitely ask him before I asked uh, Ime. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's a lot with this team that has to change. There's there there seems to have been a contentious relationship between KD, Kyrie, and Josiah since the summer. Um, I, it seemed like KD didn't speak to Josiah for several months before the, the season started uh, this year. Uh seems that he was mad at him because Josiah didn't like Kyrie or something from what I remember. There's just a lot of, seems like animosity and tension between uh, those three parties uh, and then Steve Nash and, and Sean Marks, not even getting into them. Um, so it seems like there's just a lot of people that don't like working with each other um, within the Nets organization. And I think it's a matter of time before they implode and you start seeing uh, Katie ask out once again uh, and Kyrie leave not, not too far behind. Once again, it's Stone Hanson. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the Upside Swings podcast. Truly an interesting story. And the plot, the plot thickens when it concerns the Brooklyn Nets and, and Ime Udoka now joining the team as the team's head coach and Steve Nash has gone bye-bye. We'll see what happens if the team can get any better. Again, they're two and six right now, not off to the best start in the world. If it doesn't get any better, then you will probably see a fire sale, which again, for the Lakers could be advantageous on getting some shooters in there. As I mentioned in the chat, I would love to see personally, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. I'd love to see Kessler Edwards get a chance in some minutes as a taller wing, which the Lakers do need. 
the back yeah. of wing. <laughs> the fact I, that I've Mas- always been fascinated by his play, Kessler Edwards, and what he could bring. Yeah, um, I liked Kessler. I think I had him around 20 uh, in his draft, and uh, I, I liked him quite a bit. Uh, he seemed to struggle um, shooting the ball as much as he did at, at – not as well as he did at Pepperdine uh, last year, and uh, at Summer League he struggled quite a bit. And Steve Nash is not even playing him, which to me is pretty wild, considering he's playing three undersized guards with with Sumner, David Duke, and and Patty Mills off the bench. So I think there's maybe Ime can try to integrate him a little bit more now that he's taking over and and see what he can do because you you might as well at this point experiment a little bit, right? What you have is not working, so why not try something new? Um, and hopefully we see a little bit of that with Kessler Edwards. Um, but yeah, there's there's uh, different pieces they can work around, and um, I think they have a lot of individual talent, but cohesively just doesn't seem to flow together. Well, I will say that I agree with you, Blue. There was probably something working on behind the scenes for more than just one day when it concerns Ime Udoka signing. It's probably something they've been working on for a few days behind the scenes. I agree with you on that. Great comments by Richard. Crickets out there throwing, that, throwing the great stuff out there in the chat. Also, Richard as well. Appreciate it. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Always great to have someone that is not a Lakers fan. Always join us with some positive and great comments out there. You guys are really liking THT out there in Utah. Again, that's a team, the way it's it's structured, seems to be utilizing his best talents as a driver and a penetrator as opposed to asking him to shoot a lot from the outside and to try and defend on major wings or guards and you have those major assignments because the Lakers obviously with their mentality had something different in mind for him. If you can go ahead and have him be a rotational player in that sense, it seems to be working out for you so far with THD. So I'm happy for you guys, but cricket says, I don't understand how USA can be mad at Kyrie Irving with when freedom of speech with uh, Ime Udoka broke the team rule. I will say when it comes to Kyrie Irving, please, I will refer you to last night's show where we went off on it for an hour. We shared our thoughts on that and our opinions both for and against Kyrie Irving's tweets. And I will just leave it at that on who is for and who against. You will have to find out by watching last night's episode or listening to it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, again, I'm not exactly in love with what he did myself. In fact, I will just say that it was expressed over the course of the hour. So you can hear all that between Sean, Joe, and I on, again, late yesterday's show on Kyrie Irving. I know we also talked about Josh Primo, and that's an issue as well. Uh, Stone, do you see Josh Primo and all the controversy, which, again, we talked about on the NBA Observation Show? Do you see any future for the kid at all? Do you see him? writing whatever situations that he's gone on because it's a very sticky and very unfortunate situation a lot of which he created himself there was some problem he mentioned some trauma so i do want to go ahead and respect that and the mental illness that he says he's dealing with right now but you know what he did in as far as allegedly exposing himself to one possibly several women is inexcusable uh, inexcusable in and of itself yeah um i think that uh I mean, I, I think if he does come back, it's going to be multiple years before that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, both probably best for you know the league and himself to uh, stay away for a bit. Um, he's the thing that makes me believe he may have a chance. You know, sometime down the line, is he's so young. Um, he came out of the draft like still barely eighteen. Um, so 
maybe in three, four years, times have changed and he, he'll be able to um, move on from that and, and um, have continued down basketball. But right now, I think that it's best to leave him out of the league um, because it's it's probably not right to roster him on any team directly after these, these allegations have come out. And also it's probably not best for him to, to be playing professional basketball. Um, well, focus on himself first, things like that. Yeah. I think there's, there's probably higher priorities for him um, that, that need to be uh, taken care of before he can go back to the league. So, you know, hopefully he's able to get that help and down the line, maybe who knows he'll, he'll be able to play, even if it's not in the NBA, professional basketball in, in some league. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't foresee him playing in the NBA uh, anytime soon, really. Uh, cricket, right now, Josh Primo cannot shoot the three well. His statistics weren't bearing out yet. But the kid was only 19, which is why there was a possibility on somebody taking a flyer out on the kid because he is only 19. He was actually drafted – the year he was drafted, which was last year's draft, not this recent draft, he was actually the youngest individual, if I remember, when he was selected at 12, as far as he was the youngest individual in the draft eligible at that time. And I think that is something where it's it maybe issue a maturity. I don't know. It's hard to speculate, especially with what's going on. It's not been like like we talked about previously, all the information has not been put out there yet. So you know, again, I want the best for the kid, but also if he's done something wrong in order to go ahead and, and, and trying to rectify that, he must pay the consequences as well. So yeah, just a tough situation going on there for San Antonio and, and Josh Primo. Yeah. Um, but, uh, they definitely seem to have found something with Jeremy Sohan who, um, yes. to, to make it a little bit more positive. I was, I was Dennis Rodman, what, you know, he's looking uh, yeah. more, more like it. I've I've really liked Sohan in the draft and I'm could not be happier that he landed at the Spurs because I feel like that that's just a perfect match. So um even though Primo they've moved on for him from him, um I, I think that uh Sohan's gonna make a lot of Spurs fans happy throughout the season. So hopefully Are you that's predicting a, a right now maybe he'll be not an all defensive team, because I think that's coming within the next three years. Do you think he could be the defensive player of the year in five years? I don't know about that because there's there's always so many candidates um, that are, are great defenders. You have Evan Mobley and Chet will come back and Wembenyama will be in the league by then. So there's going to be a lot of contenders for that title. Uh, but I definitely think he's going to be a perennial all-defensive candidate. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. Once again, it's Stone Hansen. You got to go ahead and check them out at the Upside Swings podcast. They guy, those guys cover the NBA and the NBA draft like no other. So go ahead and check it out today wherever you get your podcast, the Upside Swings podcast. Speaking of Upside Swings, before we head on out, my friend, the Thompson Twins. I actually have to do You know, I am going to add in a Victor question, but that's on the back end. But first, the Thompson Twins of Overtime Elite, they've been – very, very impressive so far in workouts in the limited number of games that they've had right now for Overtime Elite. Overtime Elite, I believe, has something like 70 games on the books for before they go ahead into the NBA draft this season or, you know, all for all the games that they've set up as. Is that correct, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in their neighborhood? Uh, honestly, uh, I haven't looked quite yet. Um, I've okay. been dealing with other things, but uh, I have... Uh, I'm starting to 
get back into the flow of, of the draft and everything. And I've definitely watched a couple of other games, but I haven't mapped out all the schedules and everything. Okay. Like and they I did have to. a workout last week, if I if I, a pro day per se. Correct? Yeah, they did. Uh, I didn't watch it, but I I do know it happened. So okay, I did read the uh, the liner notes on it, and I know that the the shot is still shaky to say the least. But what sticks out when you talk about the Thompson twins? There's a reason why they're both thought of in the at least in the top ten, and some have them like number three and number five as far as it's the highest I've seen them so far as far as behind Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembiyama. Yeah, I mean, I'd argue for Amin as no, high as number two. Um, and I think, Really? Yeah. it's. I mean, it's cl- Scoot, you can't go wrong either way. But um, I've seen Scoot live. I don't know. You're yeah. gonna, you would have to, you, you're going to have to talk me a lot down I think that mountain. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try my best throughout the season on upside swings, but I okay. think I think his game will probably do it, do it more justice. Um but he, I mean, the the thing, the biggest sell for both of them is is generational athleticism is is what comes to mind when I'm trying to sell them because mm-hmm. there is um, not any guards I can recall that that move the way that these guys move. And these guys are six seven guards at the present time. The twins are correct. Yeah, six 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 seven around there, um, and they're so long. Uh, it's it's wild to watch. They, um, I think it was all men. Uh, there's one play uh, recently where he's, I think it was against Bronny's team actually, and he goes into the paint, um, does a quick hop step and just floats in the air for like three seconds to get to the rim from like uh, right inside the free throw line. So there's just a ton of plays like that where you're, you're it's almost like, what am I watching at times? It's like, how, how is that possible? Um, a lot of plays like that. And um, obviously they both struggle right now to, to shoot. Um, but specifically on men who I've, I've watched more of, uh, his shot has come a long way since last year, even, um, there's a lot of mechanical issues and, and things of that nature to, to fix moving forward. And they are both, uh, I believe 19. So they're not, uh, they'll be 20, I think by the time the draft comes around. So not super young, but not super old either. Um, but they're, uh, defensive, um, hounds on that end. Uh, they're both just going to wreak havoc. Uh, and make a lot of plays, and because of how quick twitch athletes they are, um, basically any steal at the point of attack position, they're they're going to turn into an easy transition bucket. Um, and they're both like really really awesome passers and leverage their athleticism well to be able to open up cre- creation uh, lanes as passers. Um, so that's sort of the quick synopsis of them. But um, I think uh, as the season goes on more and more, they'll add to that shooting repertoire and uh I, personally i have them both top five right now there you go that's amen and asar thompson there again amen and asar thompson they are two really i've seen a little bit of footage on each you know they're both very impressive again as shooting guard options wing options which i know that uh, you know <laughs> many of these nba teams i.e the lakers need wings but Unfortunately, the Lakers won't get a chance to draft either of these kids, and that need I digress, no matter how bad their season is, because, of course, they don't even owe the rights. They get to, unfortunately, have their pick swapped by New Orleans, and that makes it much more depressing. If nothing else, I just want us to make a trade so that there's not more salt added to the wound of having to give up the number one pick to the Pelicans. That would just be the icing on the cake to the season. That would be be like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that would be salt to the wound, but 
you know, if it does go off the rails, I really think that they should consider trading AD. I think that's, you know, LeBron only if LeBron's not going to get traded only if he asked to get traded, would he be traded, especially on the verge of being the scoring champ. But if it does go off the rails, I think that you can might start hearing the rumblings about AD being traded at some point in time this season. Yeah, we'll see. That's, I mean, ideally I kind of want LeBron to ask out just because I think it's best for the organization to start that rebuild. But yeah, there's you know, a, they, they don't want him to leave until he breaks that record. Yeah. They, and they, I don't think they want him to leave. I think they want him to retire a Laker, but yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, um, no it's shot at the Thompson best. twins, unfortunately. No, no shot indeed, or Victor <laughs> or Bronny. But before I get to my Victor question for you, Bronny James, you briefly mentioned him. He actually was somebody that was not on a whole lot of radars, was picked. Maybe I saw him as high as number 50 on the hot, uh, you know, 100 top recruits as far as that were eligible out there, as far as four and five star players. But Bronny recently has had an upswing in his play. Bronny James being the son, one of the two sons of uh, LeBron James, actually his younger son than that is actually probably the better prospect, but need I digress. Bronny James has been playing much better recently. In fact, here in Vegas against a local school here, Bishop Gorman, he really, really showcased some skills as far as from long range, both on the dribble drive, he seemed to be playing a lot better with a lot more confidence. Your thoughts on Bronny James now that a lot of people may have even more interest in him and the possibility, of course, that he might just go ahead and forego all these things as far as NCAA teams, college teams, going to anything other than just going ahead and making himself eligible for the NBA draft as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, I think as of now, he's a 2024 guy. Um, mm-hmm. He can't haven't... reclassify I haven't done the the research into that. I know there's a lot of people that uh, I could ask um, and I'll definitely get that answer over to you. But I think that uh, there's certain eligibility things in terms of when he starts school and when he'd finished by that um, sort of determined whether he's eligible to reclassify. Um, but he has taken a massive step forward as a shooter. Um, yes. I think that's probably the biggest thing for Soft him. Soft footage of that. Yeah. Very, his stroke looked really good. That's, that's, I think, that what's mainly driving his stock upwards at the moment. Um, I wasn't too in on him to, uh, as far back as, you know, six months ago or so, but he's progressed quite a bit since then and has taken steps forward as a defender as well. So um, it's still early, definitely early, because, um, as I said, you know, he's, he's not a 2023 20, guy as of yet. So there's, there's room still for him to improve. And even if he was 2023, I think – um, might be better. He might be better off staying in the twenty-four draft just to try to show that this is a consistent thing that he's been building upon and um, it's sustainable. So uh, I think that he, um, you know, is a guy who could rise potentially into the lottery. Um, I don't see a reason not to if this sort of progression continues. But currently, probably more of like a, a middle to back end sort of first rounder. Um, but I think that. Uh, if he continues to play like this and show teams he can sustain this, you know, his, his stock's only going to drive upwards. So um, I, I've been really pleased with that I've seen, and, and hopefully, you know, I, I'm wishing the best for him and it continues to go that way. I will leave our final conversation as our one of our draft gurus that stops by the show, Stone Hansen from the Upside Swings podcast. 
with the final thought or your final thought on Victor himself, Victor Wambiyama, who I saw twice in person here in Henderson, a suburb of Las Vegas, and was absolutely tremendous. After the some once the second half started in that first game, he was absolutely sensational. Even in that first half, he even though he was struggling with shot, he was still able to go ahead and affect a lot of things that were going on on the defensive end. So I, I don't want to put that in any way, shape, or form in in bad context because he was simply sensational over the course of those two games, solidified himself as by far and away one of the most significant number one choices of the last. 25 years in the NBA draft. He's it's up there with AD, LeBron, any other major number one cho- choices that you want to talk about there. He was simply sensational. I love Scoot Henderson too. Uh, you're not going to talk me off that number two mountain for me right now after what I saw, but number one for him, when you saw on TV, and I wish you would have been here, my friend, because you and I would have loved yeah. it. I got a chance to sit with Roth, uh, Raphael Barlow for the second game. We sat for a while, watched him together at the first half, talked to me about his parents and, you know, what he sees because he's interacted with the parent with, with his parents and just what a great set of parents he has. Seems like a great kid with his head on straight and he wants to do the right thing by continuing to play and not shut it down as what was rumored or what has been approached to him and his agent. Really glad to hear that because I think that kid has just really got star written all over him. But your thoughts on Victor, I mean, you guys have probably just on the Upside Swings podcast just mentioned it at nauseum how great he is. But if you see him in person, it is all true. It is all very much true. I'm sure. Yeah, I wish I wish I was able to be there. I had other I asked you, my friend. Yeah, I had other circumstances to tend to at the time, but no um, worries, man. definitely uh if someone has the opportunity to see Victor and Binyama you absolutely need to take it. I think Um, if we try not to spend too much time on the top prospects on the upside swings draft, because uh, it will turn into just a Victor, Victor Rembanyama fanboy feed um, and we won't be able to stop, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely get to him this season. And he's, I mean, Luka Doncic was the best prospect I had ever seen. And I think Rembanyama is just right there with him. If not, if not a little bit, better as a prospect well, let me put it to you this way if he was six seven <laughs> mm-hmm. what i saw he would still for me be the number one choice right now and yeah. he's eight inches taller <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he's i i mean i think he's just looking at at film and in pictures and stuff probably six five or i mean seven five excuse me um, uh, uh, Raphael said he was seven four and change was his last measurements in france yeah so pretty close around there and he's just a phenomenal shooter a lot of times we hear this thing with bigs right like you want that unicorn all the time you want this guy who can protect the paint but also um stretch the floor people said it about anthony davis it never really came to fruition so well man he just moves so well a lot of times the shooting doesn't come to fruition and he is elite as a shooter and he's a ridiculous athlete in terms of the length like you're saying um you can feel comfortable putting him on the perimeter full-time because of how long he is to recover on everything um he's still learning um to uh as a pastor he's still developing but it's getting better and better it feels like each game um there's 
he's as close to a perfect prospect, I think, as you can get. Um, and a lot of people are going to be concerned about injuries because he's so skinny and tall, yeah. yada, yada. But uh, for me... He's not as skinny to me as, let's say, Chen or Pokushevsky. Yeah. Those but, those guys are, I think, a little bit... Their bone structure is a little bit uh, lighter was, framed as far as that. I think he can hold even more of a frame, but I think he looks stronger than those two individuals. Yeah, and that that conversation for me is really not much of a concern until it's something chronic, um, which hasn't been the case for any of those guys yet. So um, it's not something I worry about or really factor in at all. And he's, he's so skilled as a seven foot five guy, like those sort of guys shouldn't be making behind the back passes or, or up um, and under. I've actually got on my, it's far on my YouTube channel here on the Lakers fast break channel. If you, Everybody out there that's watching scrolls down to the shorts. They can actually see the short I made of Victor Wembyama and the up and under move made by him, like looking like he's a six three guard doing yeah. this stuff. It's amazing. It's, yeah. I've when I saw Chet in high school, I was like, I've never really seen something like this before. Like the the closest I had seen to that was Bull Bull. And I thought Bull Bull was the next big thing. Well, um, he might which, be. Playing on Orlando <laughs> yeah, now, Denver might have made a mistake. Maybe I was a little too early in, in saying how wrong it was on that. Um, but uh, I, I thought he was like this ultimate mover who can pass and dribble, shoot, block shots. Obviously, it didn't didn't live up to my expectations. Um, Do you realize much, now, right now, he's actually starting in Orlando as their shooting guard. He's he's playing well. He's playing. I'm sorry, as their point guard. Yeah, I uh, I think yeah, Franz Ross, might, was him Franz and Ross be in the backcourt. Yeah, that started. Suggs yeah. was coming off the bench and still struggling, which again was my fault because <laughs> I thought he was going to be a winner for them. Yeah, uh, uh, there's still time, but yeah, time. Bull, Bull, um, he's playing much better than I thought, but he wasn't the generational guy I had thought. Yeah, Wembenyama is that guy. Like yeah. I, th- I, I think that he's uh, he there's really nothing that you've seen quite like him and even bull is three inches shorter than Wimbanyama, which is yep. insane to, yes. to put into perspective um and he ne- bull never shot like Wimbanyama did so no. there's so much to like about Wimbanyama um and moving forward uh on actually on upside swings we're sort of doing a new format and i'll be covering Wimbanyama throughout the season um game by game so uh, I'm really excited. The NBA, they will be able to go. They're showcasing all of his oh, games yeah. for free on the NBA channel. Yeah. Um, so there's plenty of, you know, reason to be excited uh, this year and, and watch him um, if you can, because you're not going to really, he's a once in a generation player. Um, so watch as much from as you can, because it is, it really is must see TV. Um, there's nothing that can really compare at the moment to what he does on the court. So I can't say enough good things and without having a hour and a half to really divulge into what he does on the court, I'll just leave it at watch as much from Banyama as you possibly can. Well, the thing is here, I can't say too much about him because the fact is the Lakers have no shot getting him. So it just makes it that hurt uh, that much worse. Oh, man. But I do have to educate the fans out there exactly <laughs> what's going on with the NBA draft and just how amazing he is because this is going to be, like you said, a generational talent and an individual Starting next year, that's going to be someone that's very, very much looked this, upon as far as uh, maybe historical shift for the for the NBA. Yeah, I, I mean, Wimbenyama is at the the creme de la creme, but even this draft has has 
good a chance as any that I've covered over the past eight or so years as being the best draft. It could be a generational draft. Like this is legitimately a fantastic draft all the way down to even 20. So there's a lot of reason to be excited um, for this draft cycle. That'd be great because maybe the Lakers will be able to draft right around 20. All depends on the New Orleans season and not necessarily the Lakers season, but we'll find out what's going on with that coming up here next year. But for now, it is Stone Hansen. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the Upside Swings podcast. But before we end on out, my friend, it is your time to go ahead and pitch out what to the, everyone out there in the audience what you guys are up to at the Upside Swings podcast. Yeah, um, we uh, are starting to get into the cycle, um, the draft cycle. College is not too far away, so we'll be delving into that, obviously. And um, actually, on our, you can follow us on our Twitter, at Upside Swings. And uh, I think we tweeted out today that um, it was just like a one-minute clip of sort of explaining uh, what the season is going to uh, hold for us um, in terms of our, our format going forward. Um, we're also going to be doing, uh, be more active on TikTok. And if you don't have a lot of time, just watch little clips here and there, sort of keeping you up to date on what's happening within the draft world. So uh, you could follow both of those places at Upside Swings and you could follow me and any work I do outside of that as well uh, at report underscore court. There you go. Follow him today on Twitter. And of course, everything that they do, right there for you at Upside Swings podcast. And of course, again, follow him on Twitter at report underscore court. It is Stone Hansen. Stone, great to have you here as the college season, again, starts within less than a week. We're going to be seeing a lot of action here coming up very shortly for college. It is already hot and heavy for the NBA. Change is already being made at the head coaching position. The Lakers still, their season started off rocky, but you never know what comes out of this homestand. We'll see what happens. But Stone, great to have you here as a fellow Lakers fan talking Lakers and everything NBA draft. Always great to be here. Always great to have you here, my friend. I'm looking forward to the next time you can stop by. Thanks so much to everyone in the chat. Cricket, Richard, Blue, you guys have all been amazing. Paul, as always, appreciate you stopping by as well. Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947. You know that he was not only in the chat, but he's also going to be here tomorrow night as well at the post game because we will be back for the post game. So go ahead and check us out after the post game. You know the game is coming up tomorrow against New Orleans of all teams, the team that owns the rights to swap their draft pick for next year. They're coming up. They're playing at the crypto.com arena at 7.30, so go ahead and check it out. We'll be on around 10 p.m. Pacific time going ahead with our post-game report. So for everyone out there, we truly appreciate you checking us out, watching and listening. And, of course, if you have not subscribed today on YouTube, please go ahead and do so. That way you'll get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the next great, awesome podcast that we do in fact, we'll be back for the post game, so check it out tomorrow night right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Thanks for watching, everyone. Have a great day.